Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. We're not real brothers, we're sports brothers. And this week, our first interview with a bachelor, Ben Higgins. He's on the show. Nick Saban sucks the fun out of college football. And we found out the hard way that Ikea does not make beer growlers. Let's go. This is Sports Brothers, coming to your ear holes and eye holes from the Parish Healthcare Podcast Studio. And we're back again, Sports Brothers. I'm Joe Kepner. He's Christian Brewey. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and rate, and review, and share, and all that good stuff, because we got a great show for you today. We got Ben Higgins from ABC's The Bachelor on the show. He's playing in the Diamond Resorts Tournament of Champions. We talk a little bit about golf, a little bit about his coffee and his book, and then a lot about just... All the stuff that a bachelor does now, and uh, he's, he's a good dude. Yeah, he was great, great to talk to. to. We are not big bachelor guys. <laughs> we came out and told him that. But yeah, just uh, an interesting dude to speak with, and probably our biggest social media influencer. 1.3 million followers on Instagram. Man, I, we, we, need a, we need an Instagram share. We need a share from Ben Higgins. Yeah, that's what that's, we need. So if but, Ben um, Higgins shares this, you know that we succeeded. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he was fun to talk to. And yeah, a, a big week in sports. There's a lot going on, so Man, let's get to it. What a, what a crazy week in football, just with the playoffs and the national championship. And we're going to kind of start there with our sports brothers of the week, because my first sports brother is just guys named Dan. And one of the guys Guy's name Dan is Dan Mullen because he's calling for expanding the playoffs. And man, I've been on this soapbox for so long. I'm glad to see an actual Power Five coach jumping on it here with me um, because the college football championship game had about 19 million viewers, which is the lowest rated college football championship since 2004. And I have to believe that that is at least in part because people are just kind of getting tired of this stale postseason yep. where it's a bunch of bowl games. No one cares about. And then Alabama or Clemson or Ohio State winning the national championship. Well, Mullen came out and he said it, it may be time to abandon the bowl setup. But mm -hmm. I think we can expand the playoff and still keep the bowl setup as it is. Maybe use some of the other bigger bowl games. The Citrus Bowl that we have here in Orlando could possibly be a quarterfinal site. Or, you know, there's other ways to do that and keep the bowl games around. But it is nice to see some of these bigger, higher-profile coaches coming out and speaking. Scott Strickland, the Florida Gators athletic director, brought up some of the same points. And I think it's interesting that you're getting these bigger names finally coming around to this. Because when you look at it, right now, there's four spots. Three are taken. Almost every year, before yeah. the season even starts, you could have said Clemson, Ohio State, and Alabama are going to be there without a question. And that's how it is every single year. So you have 100 or so teams competing for one spot. And maybe not even 100, because it's the Power Five outside of those three. If you're outside of that, you don't have a chance. That's not great math, Christian. It's not great math. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like my chances. Right, and it's just such a... I guess what I'm saying is the bowl games themselves, 
they're just stale, like I said before. And I, I like what some bowl committees have done, and I like what Dan Mullen suggested is find other ways to bring these matchups to these cities, right? Like here in Central Florida, we have the the Florida Citrus Sports, and they do the camping, the, world, the kickoff. camping world kickoff now, which I don't. We didn't have one this last year. It doesn't happen every year, but every other year or so, they get a really great matchup right, right here in Central Florida. I'd rather see that in a game that actually means something than. And a meaningless exhibition game after the season. And he, I think it was him or others have brought up the idea of spring, instead of just your spring right. game against each other, spring scrimmages between top teams. And yeah. then you would have kind of that next crop. You don't have the guys that are outgoing opting out. You would have these other guys that, that are you know, fighting for spots would be playing in a big-time scrimmage it's still a scrimmage but these would be opportunities and probably opportunities to bring in a lot of money for ESPN in the spring yeah. uh, for these local communities like we have here with Florida Citrus Sports so I think that may be something to look at if you did get rid of the bowl season maybe spring scrimmages could be the, the way to do it and that could be where you get some of these matchups where you could have like a Florida and a UCF playing it doesn't mean anything right? but you know the state would love to see that in the spring there would be a ton of eyeballs a ton of attention on a game like and it, that it wouldn't mean anything but it would mean something for the rank rankings before yeah. the next season and I think yeah. that would be that would certainly be something fun for us to have and uh, I think a lot of people would be for it yeah those preseason rankings would mean a lot more if you had something like that <laughs> to, to go, go off off of. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. Congratulations. We just fixed college football. <laughs> All right. And then the other reason that Dan's are having a moment, Dan Lebetard, he uh, gets the boot from ESPN. I don't, I don't, you know, you never really know if it was mutual or, you know, all of that stuff. But it sounds like he's going to be teaming up with former ESPN president John Skipper and creating a new sports content company. We don't know what the details are on any of this, but you know it's going to be more of Dan Lebetard's point of view, and it'll, it'll have a lot of his ideology behind it, and, and I'm on board with that. I think, I think Dan was the most interesting person at ESPN and my favorite guy to listen to on ESPN or any sports radio. So more Dan Lebetard, I'm all in. Yeah, I agree, and I think that his podcast, because that's what they kind of shifted to, because it's kind of this free open space, uh, was the most listened to podcast over its first week just as a podcast, yeah. and I think one reason why is they can curse, <laughs> and yep. they, they talked about, I think the only word that they are bleeping is so um, that will be bleeped on our podcast too. So you yeah. don't know what word it is, <laughs> but that's the mystery here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and, and Dan and Stu Gotts and uh, the shipping container, as they call them, we've talked about them on the show before. It is just a great kind of camaraderie they have amongst mm -hmm. themselves, and it creates for a great show. And then obviously highly questionable, super successful on TV. I will be interested to see if they do something along those lines, and maybe we get a return of Poppy. Ooh. You know, his father, who kind of took some time off from Highly Questionable after yeah. he kind of just wanted to live his life as an old man, but um, maybe we'll get some more Poppy back. I wonder how many people actually thought that video from Dan Lebitard <laughs> confessing that Poppy wasn't actually his father. I wonder how many people <laughs> he thought was that was He was just an real. actor from yeah. Iowa. <laughs> that was <laughs> that good. It was a good video. Uh, one suggestion, they have John Skipper on board. He currently is an executive at DAZN. Give your company a name that people know how to pronounce it without having to be told how to pronounce it. Right. D-A-Z-N. There's, there's nobody Dazone? who what? saw that and was like, oh, yeah, Dazone. Yeah. Dazen, Dazen. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. All right. I'll go next. I've got Allen Iverson. Remember his 
just rant. I practice? Yeah. We're talking about practice, not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. <laughs> and the reason I bring Allen Iverson up as a sports brother of the week is because of the ass whooping that the Browns put on the Steelers Sunday night without practicing because of the COVID outbreak within the Browns organization. Of course, their head coach, Kevin Stefanski, not at the game in Pittsburgh, watched from his basement. But without practicing, with strictly doing Zoom calls and Zoom meetings, they were able to put 40-plus on Pittsburgh and advance and give Cleveland something to celebrate. I thought that was just incredible. And maybe we're going to see NFL teams no longer practice. I saw people making the point also, though, that we had week one of the NFL season with no preseason, very limited practicing, everybody predicting that it was going to be a disaster and a train wreck, and it actually ended up being fine. Yes. So, yes, practice is completely overrated in football. <laughs> I, I'm so angry at all my coaches for making me ever practice. I, I feel like we would have been better if we hadn't. Clearly, clearly. What about Kevin Stefanski watching from his basement? He was sequestered from his family. Yeah. I mean, just the perfect way to watch a team that you are obviously invested in. He's their head coach. You know, us as fans, we believe we're invested in the organization and the program when we were a big fan. But that's just all I want. It's just to be like in a basement watching my team, maybe a kegerator in the corner, some food, and yeah. not to be bothered. Do you think, honey, I'm the head coach of the team. I kind of need to pay attention is a good enough excuse that he wasn't bothered for the whole game? Or do you think she comes down and she's like, you can help around the house. You're not even calling the plays. He's got COVID-19. She couldn't even go down and see him. That's the uh -huh. thing. What's what's the better excuse then? COVID-19 <laughs> or I'm the head coach of the team. I kind of need to be watching. I think the combo is perfect. <laughs> so you just go with, hey, I have a deadly virus. You don't want to catch it. And oh, yeah. I'm the coach of this team. Yeah, so I kind of need to be invested in the entire <laughs> game. Sorry. All right, my next sports brother of the week is going to be Sean Payton, the head coach of the New Orleans Saints, because not only does his team have a great game against... Who did they play? <laughs> it was so great. I don't even remember who they bears. played. The Bears. That's right. They stomped the Bears. And then at the end of it, he gets slimed for the Nickelodeon playoff game, which was the perfect ending for a game that I think on social media at least was a complete success. But I'm not. I'm convinced that this game only exists because sports writers wanted to talk about how Nickelodeon made it possible for them to watch football with their kids. Well, I Everybody think tweeted that. That was the idea, though, was like, hey, more young people to get them into the game. It felt like more it was just for the nostalgia for us, guys yes. that were in our 30s. Yeah. And it's like, oh, slime. Yeah, I remember <laughs> you know, Double Dare and Mark Summers, and I always wanted to get slimed. I feel like it was more for that, or that was what came out of it more than, oh, hey, a younger generation is is now watching football because the playoff game was on Nickelodeon. It did make me think, like, what other networks should also get a playoff game? And the one I'm going C-SPAN. I need to see an NFL game on C-SPAN, but they have to keep the live call. If you've ever seen like segments with C-SPAN callers, so I, I tweeted this and somebody tweeted back that that would basically just be Paul Feinbaum's show. Yeah. And I think fin close. Feinbaum wishes he could get the level of callers that C-SPAN gets. It is it is just the, the crop. Issue, the issue is is like C-SPAN they what do they have to fill their airtime? It's like actual governmental procedure mm -hmm. or these 
shows where the callers just it's almost like free reign they just talk for as long as they want yeah and you would probably have one nutso bills <laughs> mafia fan that just talked for the entire game i'm in i, I just want to see it happen once it'd probably be terrible but i want to watch it i trying to think of another network that would be good i know that there was the joke that the history channel we saw the meme that you know tom brady tweeted yep. out with the old photos <laughs> for their matchup it, it will go down as history it's the first time they've ever squared off in the playoffs but um cinemax with no shirts <laughs> just just soft Skinemax. <laughs> yeah nfl playoff style yeah they're, they're playing football but they're not actually hitting yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, all right, you got another sports Yeah, product? I do. I got Gabriel Davis, the former UCF wide receiver, uh, had a day for the Bills, and I thought that you know, Josh Allen kept getting all this credit. I know a lot of networks were tweeting out that, look at this perfect throw from Josh Allen, and it was Gabe Davis making the absurd toe-tap catch on the sideline. He had 85 yards receiving, four catches. I believe all four were right at the sideline. Two of them were on that last drive right before the half that led to a touchdown that put the Bills ahead. I believe it may have put them ahead for good. And if, I don't know, you maybe followed us throughout our time covering Gabe at UCF, every time you were out there interviewing Josh Heupel, he was there catching balls off the jugs machine, like hundreds of balls every single practice. And Heupel would often be asked about his work ethic, and he said it's second to none. And it's pretty cool to see a kid that has worked that hard. It's just, you see it, and then it pay off. And he's had an incredible rookie year. Some have called him one of the steals of the draft, and it continues to show up there up in Buffalo. And he's also paid it back. He's done some great things in the community here this year, donating money to the Seminole High School football team, which he played for. They went to the state championship, donated some money to them uh, to help with you know travel expenses and all that. So mm-hmm. uh, just a great dude, and to, to see him get a little bit of credit, but I feel like should have got more credit during that broadcast. Yeah, these athletes don't owe us anything, but I I will always appreciate an athlete who is just enjoyable to talk to. When you're giving an interview, they give you thoughtful answers, and you can talk to them about anything. And with Gabe Davis, you bring up fishing. That guy will talk to you forever about fishing because he loves doing it. And and he's just he's pleasant to talk to. And I don't think a lot of athletes understand how far that goes Mm -hmm. when you're dealing with a media that at times is going to be hostile. Just developing a better relationship with them just creates a much more pleasant environment for everybody. And, and I, I appreciate when they understand that too. And Gabe Davis, he gets it. He's a guy who it he's is. just always gotten it and, and always going to be rooting for him to succeed. Bill's got a good one. You got any more? I'm done with the sports I, brothers. I have one more. All okay. right. The, so this is offensive lineman, NFL offensive lineman, Jared Veld here, played for the Colts against the Bills in that playoff game, could now play for Green Bay against the Rams this weekend. Same guy. Same playoffs, two different teams. It will be the first time that's ever happened. He came out of retirement halfway through the season to join the Colts, played in their playoff game against the Bills, but he was placed back on the practice squad after the loss. So that actually allows the Packers to sign him. And there's now a chance, once again, he could become the first player to ever play in two playoff games for two different teams in the same postseason. I don't know how the rules, how that, that even happens. It doesn't seem like it should be able to happen. Uh, but Jared Veld here, I guess he last year, he was signed out of retirement by the Packers late in the season and played in their playoff game uh, because they had issues with sickness and injuries. And now 
same thing could happen this year where he saves them, um, saves Aaron Rodgers' ass possibly um, in their game against the Rams. It's like when you were kids and before school you were playing football outside and you had your teams all set up and everybody had fun, but then something happened like during school and one kid got pissed so he switches teams at lunch and then everybody's (laughs) mad at him, but he's played for everybody at that time. Yeah, it's the exact same scenario. Well, it's it's like an all-time – he's just an all-time offensive lineman. Like yes. you had the all-time quarterback kid, the guy with the best arm yep. of your friends, and he would just go back and forth. When you had the odd numbers, you had an all-time quarterback. That's what Jared Veld here is, but on the offensive line. <laughs> exactly. All right. That all the sports brothers? Yeah. Do we got the beer? let beer thing? Do you want to do that first or do the interview first? Let's get to Ben Higgins. He's got a lot of followers. Yeah. Ben Higgins really, you know, just again, was great to talk to. Fun conversation. Uh, also pretty decent at golf. Who knew? Yeah, pretty decent at golf and uh, one of the most popular bachelors of all time because he likes to say I love you. One of the most controversial bachelors of all time. All right, here's Ben Higgins. All right, we got Ben Higgins, legendary bachelor. Ben Higgins, also a legendary golfer I've heard around here. That's the rumor. How good is your game? You're going to be playing in this diamond course. it's not that good. (laughs) I don't know who's telling you that. I'm like, uh, you know, I'm between a five and a seven right now, handicap. So, uh... Legendary in the very middle amateur division, yeah. Are you better now than you were when you played on your high school golf team? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm a better golfer right now. Uh, I play more, I care about it more, uh, I enjoy it more, so I I think my game today would beat my high school game. And I still have the high school bag, so um, that's what I carry around still. Uh, In the press conference you said there's no pressure like that first tee, but You've also were on a date with Ice Cube and Kevin Hart in the back of a convertible. That seems like it would be comparable pressure, trying to have a date and also be funny at the same time as a first tee. Could you compare the two? You forgot the part of that date where uh, Kevin Hart and myself and my date got in the hot tub together. <laughs> yes. um, so, yeah, that, that, that was a lot of pressure because they're in the back seat the whole time, you know, chirping at you, and they're hilarious and they're quick. This is my first date. And so to keep up with them was impossible. So you just sit there and giggle uh, and look awkward for, you know, the two hours that we're driving around a convertible. So uh, that was more nerve wracking and more awkward than uh, the first tee. You said uh, before that that you kind of feed off of the nervousness, the nerves when you get up there and and that that kind of pays off in golf. Have there been situations, though, as a celebrity where maybe that energy, that nervousness didn't help you out at all? Yeah. You know, um, last year at this event, you know, there aren't a lot of things that make me really nervous still, uh, but things I really care about still make me nervous, like coming here and playing well. And uh, last year, my first two days, I think I went 83, 84, which is way high for me. Um, and I shanked a bunch of balls and couldn't putt, um, was hitting it in the trees, couldn't figure it out. My dad was walking down the ferry, he's my caddy next to me, he goes, well, you know what, at least we're having a good time. And I was like, that's the worst thing you want to hear from your caddy is like, yeah, because you just know you're just defeated, Uh, that you know you're embarrassing him, I'm embarrassing myself. Uh, So yeah, there's many times, especially in golf, that the nerves have not worked out. So you are in a sports realm at this golf tournament. We do sports. Are you ever heckled on the street? Like as the I love you guy who said I love you to two women on the show, do they yell I love you at you or at the golf tournament? Oh, I get heckled a lot. Yeah, uh, especially from my buddies. Uh, You know, it's funny. Like I'm so thankful for The Bachelor because it was really good for me. uh, And it's, you know, allowed me to come play in these kind of things and still have a, you know, a career in entertainment. 
but it's not something that your buddies think is that cool. Like, <laughs> you're king of the nerds if you're The Bachelor. Um, and so, yes, I get heckled. Uh, these golf tournaments are always funny. I have a funny story for you. Um, so last year, I, they, they announced the new golfers in this kind of like celebrity meeting that we have. And uh, they're announcing the new golfers and it's all Hall of Famers and professional athletes and, uh, you know, Emmy winners and all these things. And they go, season 20 bachelor, Ben Higgins. And I stand up and I wave and Larry the Cable Guy sitting in front of me looks back and goes, man, that's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> so like, you know, I, I kind of just accept the fact that like, I don't have the skill sets or the resume to compete against these guys, but I'm still here. You found a way. And I have the social media following, so that works. Yeah. <laughs> well, the more I read about you, the more I think you're just, you're just a guy with a lot of love to give. It's, just, it's there for love. everybody, right? Yeah. Uh, so on your Instagram, you have a quote that, uh, you know, be kind, everyone you know is fighting their own hard battle. And it's something you hear a lot, but, but what does that mean to you? What, what's your hard battle? Does that come from something personal? Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, I think over and over in life, I have met people and assume things and reacted to you know who they are and, and judge them at some level. And I think over and over as I get older, I just meet people and their stories are incredible and their stories shape them and make them who they are. Now, I just uh, announced and in February officially comes out my book, Alone in Plain Sight. And so I wrote this book over the last two years and it's about my insecurity with always feeling like the outsider looking in. And it's funny because you go on The Bachelor and you come to something like this and you definitely feel like the outsider, but now my ability to kind of be vulnerable about it, uh, vulnerable about it and talk about it has allowed me to kind of own it also. Uh, and so this book, uh, that, that quote is really a part of that book, is let's listen to everybody's stories. Let's realize that nobody is alone, that we all matter, that we all have purpose and we all have value. And uh, you can check out Alone in Plain Sight to get more details on that. Awesome. So, we got the book plug in. Yeah, That's we got right, the book yeah. plug in. We're good there. Uh, I believe, based on your Wikipedia, we know that Wikipedia is not always right, but coffee and also some other business ventures. How did you get into that? Yeah, so uh, 15 years ago, my, my buddies and I went to Honduras for the first time. Five years later, we started a nonprofit called Humanity and Hope United. And uh, during the time on the show, fundraising for us went sky high. Uh, it was a great thing. Um, but I know I'm not going to be the bachelor forever. And so we started a company, Generous Coffee, to sell coffee and then donate 100% of the profits to nonprofits and social causes that are fighting human-facing injustice around the world. And so I took that over actually three years ago. Uh, I, I was able, based on kind of my career path, to focus on it. And so we're three and a half years in. Uh, we've grown. We have a coffee shop. So we have a huge online presence. Uh, and we've been able to, I mean, I, I don't know the exact number, but I bet if I estimated over, over $100,000 in the last three years, we've been able to donate to these nonprofits. Um, yeah, it's a passion project. I don't take a salary from it. I don't get paid from it. Everything's donated, but it's, a, it's been really cool to see how you can tell that story, have people buy coffee, and then facilitate these donations. So are you a coffee snob, though? You know what? Uh, I just had a meeting with our entire staff last week. And they're all making fun of me. They're like, Ben, if you ever got in an environment where somebody started grilling you about coffee, you would be, you would like go into the fetal position. I, I was like, I know. I know just enough to be dangerous. I'm not a coffee snob. Uh, I just sell coffee. And we have people that know coffee better. So, no, I'm not going to claim to because I don't want to be tested. All right, so we got the book plug. We got the coffee plug. Yeah. But this year you also got engaged, correct? I did, yeah. And your fiance ran track at Ole Miss. Yeah. And you met her by sliding into her DMs. I did. What was your opener? Yeah, so uh, I was in Nashville, Tennessee for a fundraiser. And I was staying in a hotel. 
and there was this hockey team checking into the hotel I was at. And I was like, I wonder what hockey team that is. So I went up to my room, I got on Instagram, and you know how you can look at who tagged those locations? Like somebody's had to tag a picture with this team. And I got on there, and when I clicked on the tag location, my fiance's picture popped up. It's like, man, that girl's beautiful. Like, that girl's gorgeous. But I don't know what to do with this. Like, this is just creepy and weird. So I screenshotted her picture because that was less weird. And kind of had forgotten about it. Well, in Thanksgiving of that year, my phone had ran out of battery, uh, storage space. And so I was deleting old pictures and came across that picture. And I said, no, this is the time I'm going to do it. So I just messaged her and I said, hey, here's your thing. Don't ask how I know you. I can explain that later. But if you're interested in ever in Denver, I'd love to take you on a date. I was feeling very confident that night. I don't know why. And she responded, hey, I never go to Denver, but I would still like a date. And, uh, and then we just never stopped talking. And uh, we got engaged in March of this year, uh, which was absolutely incredible. Uh, I was on tour hosting Bachelor Live on stage. It's a tour that Warner Brothers put on. Then it got canceled, so we had to kind of rush and change our plans. I was going to propose to her in New York, but we did it in Nashville instead. And it's, it's been the best. She's the best. She moves out to Denver, actually, uh, tomorrow. And she said, I read early on, that she wasn't going to watch your season of The Bachelor. Has that changed? Oh, no. It, <laughs> she's never going to watch my season of The Bachelor. It would not be good for us. It's not healthy for us. Uh, she doesn't need to see it. She's happy not seeing it. I'm happy her not seeing it as well. Perfect. I'm good. good. All right. I think thanks, that's all we got. Hey, thanks, thanks ben. Good luck yeah. in the, the tournament there. Thank you. So once again, uh, the reason we were able to talk with Ben Higgins is because he's playing in the Diamond Resorts Tournament of Champions, a really great event with LPGA, the best LPGA players, and then a whole bunch of celebrities. You've got John Smoltz playing in it. Um, just Rob Riggle. Yeah, all the celebrities that are kind of on that circuit, they come here and play in this one too. Yeah, so that kicks off or tees off should be the, the term that I use. But there are football <laughs> players, so maybe it kicks off as well. Uh, we'll be on the 21st. You can watch it on Golf Channel. Usually a great event to go out and be at, unfortunately, because yeah. of COVID-19. Uh, very limited number of fans, and uh, all those tickets are already sold out. But you can watch it on Golf Channel. And uh, we have an interview with Annika Sorenstam for next week as we lead into uh, a great event that they have here in Orlando. Okay, let's get to Battle Brews. We haven't done this segment in a couple of weeks, but we, we have some updates. We tasted our BrewDog Punk IPAs. Would you like to talk about yours first? Yeah, I think they... It tasted a lot like my first IPA, not as bad as that, as that one that I feel like I messed up somehow. Um, I don't think mine was great, but it was good. I still want to test them against an actual BrewDog Punk right? IPA, but we can't find one, so we couldn't couldn't find one. I don't know why I said it like that. Um, I, I thought mine turned out pretty good. It yeah. is solid IPA. It's got a little bit of something on the back end that I can't quite put my form my words on about about what it is but not not bad it's just a, a different kind of thing going on there <laughs> hope, hope that explains it for you if you're listening at home <laughs> i i just wonder yeah i think the issue is we don't have another the actual yeah. one to compare it to but yeah i'll i don't I'll, you can have the nod on this one again i don't All know right. if, i i think I've we're going to test one more of these i think but. we're going to test the ph in my water Maybe yes. we should test both pHs to see which, you know, what what they're doing, what the water is doing, because the water is important. It's a major, yes, part of the beer. It's most of the beer. Yeah, but it's also <laughs> more importantly 
it's Orlando Beer Week here in Central Florida, so we've been going around to some yeah. of the local breweries. They're all dropping um, some new beers. So we went to Orlando Brewing, the oldest brewery here in Central Florida, and uh, we picked up some of the raspberry porter that they dropped on Tuesday, and Joe dropped it all over his uh, kitchen counter. Sort of. Okay, so what happened was I was at Ikea and found these 32-ounce flip-top bottles, and I said, man, those would be great as growlers. They, they look perfect. And so I picked up four of them and gave Christian one and kept three, and we went to this Orlando Brewing and filled up three of those things with this raspberry, IP, or raspberry porter, and I take it home, and I have it sitting on my counter, and I just hear one of the bottles. One of the bottles was in my fridge. One was sitting on my counter, and I hear this pop. And what the hell was that? And and I look, and there's a little bit of beer coming out of the bottom of the bottle. And I grab it by the neck and lift, and the bottom just stays on the counter. And the, the glass and bottom. It just, it just pours out. And I don't know if you ever had a friend who could do that trick where he could, like, pop the bottom of a bottle off. Have you ever seen that? No. It's like a thing where you they get the enough air, enough. they hit the top hard enough, the bottom pops out. It was exactly like that. And just that whole ring just came off, and beer went everywhere. Smelled amazing, <laughs> this raspberry porter all over my counter. Um, I, I Instagrammed about it, and Orlando Brewing said, hey, come on back, and we'll give you a free 32 ounces. I like but, it. Oh, I was so bummed because it is such a good beer, and now I also know that Ikea makes really sh- growlers <laughs> well i liked the one response on twitter was just get to sucking <laughs> <laughs> yeah one guy get to sucking somebody else said uh just well you got it from ikea it's some assembly required yeah so just gotta put duct tape around the bottom of your bottle apparently <laughs> man yeah I was, uh, pretty bummed but the other one is still intact and we'll, we'll drink the rest of that all right let's get to uh degenerate brothers yeah, Degenerate Brothers. Okay, so... So awful for me lately. Christian's had a couple of bad weeks. It's allowed me to catch back up. I'm only down one. I, yeah. I go 3-3-1 three, three, and one in the first round of the playoffs and the national championship game. You went 1-5-1. One, 1-5-1. and, one. One, and one. Yeah. So I'm down by one. We've got only a handful of games left, so this is about as tight as it can be. And let's just get to the, the playoff games this week. Rams at Packers. That's the first one. Packers, six-and-a-half-point favorites in Lambeau. You got. I don't like any of my picks, but I'm taking the Packers there. Okay. I, I, I think they can beat them by a touchdown. All right. Well, that, that could tie it up because I'm taking the Rams. Ooh-wee. It looks like Aaron Donald is going to be okay. And just Googling Aaron Donald and seeing the picture of him with his shirt off made me pick the Rams. That's fair. That's that's probably smart. I am a little worried about Jared Goff's thumb, but you know what? Blake Bortles could be there to back it up. So maybe yeah. the boat. He's a playoff winner. <laughs> All right. Two playoff wins. Bills, two and a half against the Ravens. I do know that it is going to be slightly windy and cold and snowing in Buffalo for this game. And I think I read that Lamar Jackson has never played a game in snow. That made me pick, pick the Bills. I have the Bills, two yeah. and a half as well. I believe PM snow flurries are in the forecast, as you said. And uh, Josh Allen, good runner. Also, just that, that they both have great arms, but I, I think maybe just... He's got that bigger, bulkier build. Seems like more of a snow plower type of quarterback. Yeah, look, Lamar Jackson may end up being great in snow, but he's never played in it, so you don't know yet. You don't know if he knows how to play in snow, and it's just different. It's different. The ball's going to be wet. It's going to be cold. Your fingers are going to hurt the whole game. It makes a difference. All All right, right. Browns at Chiefs. Chiefs 10-point favorites 
over the Browns, who will have their head coach back, I believe. I'm going to go ahead and say that the Browns beating the Steelers by just an ass load was an anomaly, and I think the Chiefs are going to cover, so I'm taking the Chiefs as well. I have the Chiefs as well. At, I, I just think that Patrick Mahomes is ready to show off. A lot of people, he's probably hearing that Aaron Rodgers is going to be the MVP. And I just watched The Last Dance, and when Carl Malone won the MVP and Michael Jordan – you know, use that as motivation. I, I think Mahomes will use this, and, and he will lay it on the Browns. Fair enough. All right, Saints minus three against the Bucks. We talked about this uh, on our television segment today. Thirty-eight to three was the last meeting between the two. It makes me want to take the Saints, but the Bucks are playing good ball. It's the playoffs. It's Tom Brady. Take the Bucks and the three points. All right, I'm taking the Saints. It's you know three meetings. You never know what's going to happen in that third meeting. I know it's so hard to beat another team three straight times, but you, they have you know Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara back and healthy, and everybody's sort of clicking there. I I just I feel like the Saints are gonna. I I wasn't impressed with the Bucks enough to think that they're going to be able to go into New Orleans and beat the Saints. I think Heineke's better than Drew Brees right now. <laughs> I don't think he is. It's probably not. Yeah. All, All right. right. That it? I think so. Dad we have uh, two similar picks, two different picks. That could be the difference. It could be. That could do it all. And then, uh, what, we only got like three weeks left in the in the football yeah, season. Yeah, we'll get crazy during the Super Bowl, maybe throw some prop bets out there. I think that's what we did last year. Yeah, I think so. All right, let's get to dad jokes. You want to go? Yeah, what goes in hard and dry and comes out soft and wet? <laughs> I don't know. Gum. Uh, yeah. All right. Clever. All right. Um, my three favorite things are eating my dog and not using commas. What? <laughs> <laughs> my three favorite things are eating my dog and not using commas. Okay. Eating my, my dog, dog and not using commas. Got it. All Nicely right. done. Nice grammatical dad joke there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. That's that's Sports Brothers. Yeah, Ben Higgins was a part of a hell of a podcast. I hope he's proud. <laughs> See you <ya laughs> later. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.